BYU-Oklahoma, a big matchup in Provo, Utah, as the Sooners and the Cougars get together for the first time and only time in Big 12 action. I got Josh and John from Locked On Sooners joining me for a crossover edition of Locked On Sooners and Locked On Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Also, thank you to all of you Sooner fans for making Locked On Sooners your first listen of the day. Appreciate all of you being uh, everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, I am joined by Josh Helmer as well as John Williams, the co-hosts of Locked On Sooners. Uh, gentlemen, what is up? How are you guys? Great. Excited to, to get a little uh, OU-BYU action. Excited right. to see the views uh, there from Provo this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so I, I want to start there, actually. So this is the first time, guys, in almost 20 years that BYU will play. will be a 10 a.m. local time kickoff. That's 11 a.m. Uh, for Sooners fans in the central time zone. Uh, this is a pretty normal time slot for Oklahoma to be playing football, from what I understand. Uh, what's, what is unique about playing in the morning from your perspective? John, I'll start with you. So it's, it's interesting because this is actually going to be the earliest recorded kickoff time in Oklahoma history. And that's fascinating to me. The early kick thing has become a, a bit of a meme almost amongst <laughs> yeah. Sooner Nation in that we almost expect it. And it's part of the reason people are excited to maybe get to the SEC is a little bit more afternoon starts, some primetime kicks. Everybody is kind of just it's par for the course. Now we, we expect every week we're going to be playing 11 AM. I mean, on black Friday, what time are we playing? 11 AM. It's just the way it's going to be for Oklahoma now. And at least these last two weeks, you know, it's interesting. And and I think for sooner fans, it's going to be another interesting start because you're playing a new team. It's not a home 11 AM game. Mm -hmm. I'll be, I'll be fascinated by what the turnout is like for sooner fans in Provo. But we're kind of used to it. Everybody gears up and you know gets gets ready go get gets ready to go early in the game, and uh, it'll be fascinating to see how the team responds to such an early start. Okay, so Josh, uh, this is the thing: is like I said, it's been almost twenty years since BYU has played a morning game of this variety. In many respects, uh, Cougar Nation out here in Utah, they're used to playing it. They played eight fifteen Mountain Time uh, last week, so this is almost a complete flip of the schedule. But. Uh, John talked about the fact that a lot of Sooner fans are interested in this game. What kind of turnout are you expecting to come out to Provo here as the Sooners make their maybe their first and only trip uh, to Lavelle Edwards Stadium? I would imagine pretty good. Uh, Jake, great to be with you, by the way, yeah. my friend, uh, as well. It, uh, I, I would imagine it's going to be a good turnout. You know, looking at Oklahoma's board of road games this season, this this was the one mm -hmm. that everybody was excited about. Uh, sure, Cincinnati, right, to, uh, to, to go check out what was going on with the Bearcats, but this was sort of the destination road trip for Oklahoma fans this season. You've been to Lawrence a number of times, and though uh, they got you this season, historically it's been a sleepy environment. Bedlam, uh, Oklahoma – 
fans, uh, yeah, you had a nice little contingent there, but you're not necessarily flocking to try and go to Stillwater if you're an OU fan, yeah. uh, especially not in, you know, one that's going to be the, and was the, we think, uh, anyways, uh, the final bedlam, right, uh, for the foreseeable future. So this has been the destination. This has been the destination road trip for Oklahoma. I don't know what I would ballpark the number at, but I'm, I'm thinking – you know, 5,000 plus, you know, something like that. I would imagine a, a healthy contingent from OU fans. And that might be very much on the low end. Well, we got the word uh, coming down, actually. So we're recording this on a Wednesday. We have the uh, word on Wednesday that it's officially sold out. Uh, there were, they had announced there was a sellout in the preseason. There were some tickets that came uh, available via allotment. So BYU's announced it's So there should be 63,000 plus fans populating the stadium on Saturday. Now, does that, I don't know what necessarily the, the, the dichotomy of, okay, how many OU fans versus BYU fans. Uh, but the bigger question I have, and I'll throw this one to you, John, is this is an Oklahoma team that uh, just a couple of weeks ago looked like they were in the mix, potentially to make a college football playoff run, have suffered some tough losses uh, since that time. Uh, what's kind of the psyche? What's the mentality of the Sooner squad right now? Well, the win over West Virginia exercised quite a few of the demons, mm-hmm. you know, an offense that was inconsistent against Kansas and conservative against Kansas on a dreary day. And then one that was really mistaken or mistake laden, I should say, against Oklahoma State that led to that loss against West Virginia. They played a clean game. They didn't turn the ball over. I think only one pre-snap penalty, which had become an issue for the Sooners, and they were hitting big plays. They were not throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage. They were attacking the sticks. I had the stat earlier in the week that 18 of Dylan Gabriel's 23 completions went for either a first down or a touchdown, and that's the kind of efficiency that they need to have offensively when they're throwing the ball downfield. They're really, really tough to stop. But when they get into a conservative game script and they throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage trying to set up that wide receiver screen game or the the running back flare game, it just does not bode well for them. They do a lot better when they're throwing it to the 10-yard marker. And a lot of it's been the revelation of Drake Stoops. I mean, Drake Stoops, uh, prior to you know the last few weeks, had had a, an average depth of target that was like seven for the season over the last couple of weeks, they're throwing the ball downfield, getting them involved in the intermediate passing game. And it's really unlocked a lot of their offense as opposed to just relying upon him in the screen game. And I think that's why they've been so successful is not just saying, Hey, we're going to use Drake Stoops as a Wes Welker type in the short passing game. No, we're going to get him down the field and let him, you know, beat teams with his quickness and his route running. And it's, it's paying off really, really nicely for BYU though, Jake, you know, they were a team that started off pretty good. That got the big win over Arkansas and in big 12 play was kind of up and down early, but the last couple of weeks does not look great. What's gone on with the Cougars, man? What's going down and why are they struggling so bad on both sides of the ball? Uh, I'm going to let you guys answer that. Cause I, I've tried every single possible explanation and none of them seem to match up with what's going on with the Cougars. Cause you mentioned they started four and one, they went into a bye week and you're like, okay, they're four and one. Can they get to six and six? They go seven and five, eight and four at that point. But since that bye week, uh, they went to TCU the week after that and got absolutely stomped by the Horned Frogs. And since that time, the only team they have beaten is Texas tech. And the only reason they beat Texas tech is because tech was starting a third string quarterback in that game. So it's BYU's absolutely hit the skids the last two weeks in particular have been not pretty. You mentioned the West Virginia team that Oklahoma absolutely trounced last week. The week prior, BYU was in Morgantown and just looked absolutely apathetic uh, going up against the Mountaineers. And then this past week, they let Iowa State look like juggernauts as they ran roughshod over them inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So 
Cougar fans are pretty unhappy right now with how things are going, and I'm I'm interested to see what the response is from the team as well as the fan base this week because the last two games in particular they have not been pretty, and a lot I think a lot of Cougar fans are really down on their squad right now. Jake, let me ask you this: mm-hmm. what's what's been more frustrating these last couple of weeks, offense or defense for BYU? Because looking at just, you know, not, not having in sat and watched every snap and just looking at final scores, it's like, well, it looks like everything's struggling right now. But from, from somebody that's living it, yeah. what's been more frustrating right now, offense or defense for BYU? Well, the last two weeks in particular, it's been the defense because they did get blown out by Texas, but that was a, a ball game. They were within two scores with 10 minutes to go in that game. The, the Texas finally opened it up in the final stands of that game. The defense was holding strong against the Longhorns, and I know that they were starting to back up quarterback in that game, speaking of Texas, but BYU was doing their job, it felt like, defensively in that game. But since that time, the defense is broken. Uh, there were some injuries that popped up after that Texas game, but they, they're they not the type of injuries and to, to the type of players as well that you think, okay, that's absolutely going to cripple this defense. The best defensive player they had is Ben Bywater, their star linebacker, but he's been gone for over a month. He got injured against Kansas in their Big 12 road opener. So that, that that's the thing about this is this defense the last two weeks has just been absolutely porous, and and it's really kind of a throwback to the defense last year that couldn't stop anybody. And Kalani Satake, their head coach, made a wholesale change on that staff after the season. He, he let go of four of his five defensive assistants, including his good friend and defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki. He brings in Jay Hill. And through the first six, seven games of the season, BYU's defense had more than held its own, it felt like, under Hill. Uh, the problem is the last two weeks, it feels like they've been exposed. And that's the concern, is if if they have been exposed exposed to like by the types of teams like West Virginia and Iowa State. What is Dylan Gabriel and the Oklahoma Sooner de- offense going to do against this defense? Yeah, yeah I, I, go ahead, Josh. Well, sorry, John. I, I think uh, Oklahoma fans feel like they've got a chance to put up a big time number yeah. in this game. Uh, obviously, given you know what OU did a week ago versus West Virginia, the big time complaint for Oklahoma fans outside of what John touched on earlier, which was. Hey, can you snap the football effectively? Can you take care of the football was what's going on with the play calling? Well, why is Oklahoma so conservative? Why will they not let Dylan Gabriel go attack uh, opposing defenses? Why are they taking the football out of his hands? Why so much at or behind the line of scrimmage? A lot of those questions were answered a week ago uh, versus West Virginia when Oklahoma didn't have a pass at or behind the line of scrimmage versus West Virginia. So we'll see if it was a one-week tonic for Oklahoma or if this is Jeff Lebby saying, you know what, Uh, whether it was self-introspection or if it was from your head football coach or if even though he didn't want to tell us that uh, he tuned into Locked On Sooners and found out, you know what, maybe I should stop uh, throwing the football at or behind the line of scrimmage. Somewhere, somehow, the message got, got home and Oklahoma was much better offensively a week ago and they feel like there's opportunity against BYU this week. Well, as they should. And I've actually got a really good question I want to ask you guys about Dylan Gabriel in particular because he's a guy that BYU fans, there's an interesting family connection to BYU with his dad. I don't know how many Sooner fans may know this, but we'll talk about that. Uh, but first, let me get a word in real quick on our friends over at LinkedIn. They've been working on this for many, many months now. That's part about LinkedIn is they're one of our re- recruiting sponsors here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Of course, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates 
candidates available. And that's why you guys need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Of course, you can go online right now, set up that job profile, the posting you're looking to hire for, then add that job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Post that job for free. Once again, terms and conditions apply. Now it's time for your game changer of the week. It's brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like, I don't know, maybe insert Roberts here or Aiden Robbins there or Oklahoma feels like maybe uh, Sawchuck. They're running back coming along here lately. Well, Athletic Brewing, they've completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game and they've got your game changer of the week. They make non-alcoholic beers. They'll wait for it. They actually taste good. You don't have to feel left out at the party watching the big game, hanging out at your kid's game. Well, if you're watching this OUBYU game, you don't have to feel left out. Their brews are, again, great tasting. They're award-winning. They beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. And, oh, by the way, whichever flavor is your flavor, they, they probably have that. They brew over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and so much more. And they're constantly inventing. So check them out. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers, use our code locked on to get 15% off your first online order. That's code locked on L O C K E D O N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com near beer exclusions and conditions apply athletic brewing company fit for all times. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, locked on Cougars, locked on Sooners crossover here. Now, uh, John and Josh, do you guys know the connection that the Gilbert family, uh, like Gilbert, I, I'm saying Lincoln, uh, uh, here's the thing. The story with Dylan Gabriel, do you guys know the connection between his family and BYU by chance? I don't. Okay. So uh, do you guys remember Ty Detmer, obviously, the great BYU quarterback, won the Heisman Trophy, the only Heisman in BYU's uh, storied history in their football program? Well, the day he won the Heisman Trophy, he and the BYU football program were in Honolulu, Hawaii, to take on the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors that night. Uh, They had a big announcement outside of their hotel, the pool and everything. Ty was there with the Lavelle Edwards. They're celebrating wildly, but they still had a football game to play that night. Well, they went over to what was uh, the former Aloha Stadium, and that night, uh, Garrett Gabriel, the father of current Oklahoma Sooners quarterback Dylan Gabriel absolutely torched BYU in that game. It was it was not even it was crazy. BYU they're celebrating wildly having a guy who wins the Heisman Trophy. I think that their mind got taken off the game a little bit, but that's the unique connection between the Gabriel family, which, by the way, uh, Garrett Gabriel still lives in Hawaii uh, to this day. I know that Dylan's from Hawaii, uh, and he he has that connection to BYU. And then Dylan obviously previously played against BYU back in the 2020 Boca Raton Bowl when he played for UCF. So there's some fun connections between these, between these two, uh, I guess, parties in a way uh, with BYU and OU meeting up this Saturday. Yeah, and it's and it's a, a connection that Oklahoma fans remember too. I, Oklahoma's only played BYU twice. Uh, 
They're 0 and 2. Mm-hmm. The last time they played BYU was down in Arlington at Jerry World. <laughs> Sam Bradford gets hurt early in the game. Yep. They lose 14 13. That's one of those memories that just lives painfully rent free in the uh, the back of Oklahoma Sooners fans' minds because that was the season yeah. that many thought Oklahoma could go capture national title number eight. The talent was there. You had the quarterback, you had the Heisman winner. Everything was just lining up perfectly for you. And then it didn't, and it all kind of came crashing down. And, and that season was kind of a disappointment after that. So there's a lot of people that are really eager for this matchup to see if Oklahoma can take BYU off of that short list of teams <laughs> that they're winless against yeah. and maybe get a little bit of revenge. There's a lot of do it for Sam uh, memes popping up on social media at times this week. So it, it's going to be a, a key, you know, key component of this. I mean, Brent Venables was a part of that staff yeah. that lost to BYU. And, and so I, I think he'll have some, 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 wise words for this team to not take the Cougars lightly as they go into Provo, because as Josh and I have talked, you know, and we've talked in the buildup to this one, we talked in the off season, you know, maybe the the teams in the preseason didn't look all that daunting, Mm -hmm. but you had road trips that were, and this was one of them that we said, okay, maybe we're not sure what we're going to get out of BYU, but you know that going into Provo, going into Lavelle Edwards against a fan base that has been, gunning for this kind of a game in this kind of environment this late in the season for a decade more well, for gonna, their existence. Yeah. You, you, you could say it goes back 40, 50 years easy. Yeah. This is a game that they are going to be geared up for jacked up for to welcome the Sooners and potentially end any hope that Oklahoma has at a big 12 title appearance. So in this one, John, mm-hmm. uh, Josh and Jake, mm-hmm. you know, you look at what West Virginia's, or done against BYU on the ground, what Iowa State did against BYU on the ground, how are they going to be able to stop the Sooners who have now started to find their run game? They're averaging five yards per carry the last two weeks. Are they going to be able to slow down the Sooners? Uh, I'm going to say, frankly, no, because the, just the way that BYU's defense has been performing the past two weeks is the concern is the rush attack, as you mentioned. Uh, West Virginia went for over 300 yards in Morgantown against BYU. Iowa State came in last week, and uh, BYU spotted them 10 points with two turnovers in the first three touches of the football game. They didn't have to run for 300 yards. They ran for 230, whatever it was, in that game. So, yeah, the, the, the fact is that BYU, they're unable to slow down opposing rushing attacks right now, and Oklahoma is you mentioned it's kind of found their stride in the rushing attack and that's nothing to say about what Dylan Gabriel in the passing game has done for them I think Oklahoma's over 5,000 total yards for the season already if I'm not mistaken so really impressive numbers but meanwhile BYU has just been unable to, unable to stop anybody and the the big key for BYU it feels like in this game if they want to give themselves any type of opportunity guys is they've got to force turnovers get interceptions strip sacks strip that ball out from any running back or Dylan Gabriel who happens to be uh, carrying the rock that feels like to me, that's the really the only realistic way I see BYU getting a victory. And I'm not saying just one or two turnovers. I'm talking three, maybe four, if they really want to have any hopes of springing an upset. And the good news for BYU is Oklahoma's done that lately <laughs> on the road. So, you know, Kansas and Oklahoma State, each of those games, they had uh, three three turnovers or more. So, 
yeah, that that would be the recipe. I agree with you for BYU. And, and they're going to have to find some big plays. Yeah. Offensively, they're going to have to. It looks like that's been lacking mm-hmm. of late. The quarterback situation, mm-hmm. What what's going to happen there? Is there any chance Slovis is back and playing in this? And if not, then uh, Rhett's laugh. But what can Oklahoma expect there? Well, so I, I've been I'm privileged enough to I'm a credentialed media member, so I get to go out to BYU football practice. We had a chat with offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, and he said that Slovis is getting better, but they will not put him back on the football field unless he's 100% healthy. And he said he's not quite there yet. That's the terminology he used. I am fully expecting it to be Jake Retzloff this week against Oklahoma. I would imagine that you'll see Slovis in pads once again, like he was last week against Iowa State. And the word was that he's available in a quote-unquote emergency situation. What emergency? See that would entail, I would imagine, would be an injury to Retzloff. But even then, they may throw Cade Fennigan, the number three quarterback, out there uh, just to protect Slovis because they they want to make sure that he's healthy for any potential pro opportunity that might come his way uh, down the road. So I'm fully expecting it to be Jake Retzloff making his third straight start for BYU. The one thing that he showed at game one against West Virginia, he showed the ability to really kind of attack downfield with his arm. Well, Iowa State prepared for that, and he put on a rather pro poor performance 37 percent completion percentage last week 10 to 27 passing but he did show off more of his ability to run the football last week for BYU against Iowa State so the hope is for the Cougars this is a kid who's still very much finding his footing at this level he's a former junior college star he was the number one rated junior college quarterback coming out in last year's recruiting cycle and BYU's got a lot of hope for him down the road to be their future starter in 2024 and beyond but it feels like he's still very much finding where he needs to uh, be at this level of college football and that's probably not the best spot to be in when it comes to having a team like Oklahoma coming to Provo but uh, we'll see it was a really decent performance I would say against West Virginia for him all things considered a poor performance against Iowa State now what will the performance against Oklahoma yield will he be able to kind of balance those two and put on a better show overall we'll find out we'll get into some keys of the game we'll Pick some games. We'll do all that after we talk to you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Ah, yes, Prize Picks. It's the spot to head for daily fantasy sports. It's the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. And uh, as we like to sing the praises, you can place that entry in 60 seconds or less, which many of you on the go, you're not trying to, well, some of you, hey, okay, you want to be like me and be painstakingly thinking about who you're taking more or less for the next three and a half minutes. Okay, you can do that, but you can also 60 seconds or less as well. Prize picks, they've got this uh, really cool thing too. They offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first First half and does not return in the second that player is rebooted prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform within injury insurance policy so go to prizepicks.com backslash locked on college use our code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 one more time ladies and gentlemen prizepicks.com backslash locked on college use code Locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I was going to say, Jake, before we get into our picks for the game, let's mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit about things to do in Provo, Salt okay. Lake City. If, you, if an Oklahoma fan was heading to Provo, what is one restaurant 
you'd you'd recommend the number oh, one now man. this is non-paid this is not a sponsored recommendation we're just asking jacob hatch right here uh i'm gonna say bam bam's barbecue it's one of my favorite spots it's right up the road from provo uh cam treyu the owner has actually been trained down in hill country in texas outside of austin is where he uh, look kind of learned the ropes of texas barbecue he brought authentic texas barbecue to utah something we've been severely lacking in this market for decades frankly uh he does a really really good job it, like it said about a five minute drive away from lavelle edwards stadium so there's one place i would encourage you to go eat it'd be bam bams but there are a myriad of other really good spots in provo itself as well but yeah it, I, i'm all in on the barbecue and i know that texas fans are gonna be like okay barbecue in utah how good can it really be I, I'm dead serious, folks. We, we've been we've been pining for a, a, a barbecue spot of this caliber, and we've we've had it luckily enough for the last five or so years. And okay, will there be ice cream in the stands? Uh, so the, the, I'm expecting ice cream. The problem is this is a 10 a.m. game, so I'm not sure how BYU is going to handle this because they've also handed out brownies in the past. They have the famous Cougar Tell as well. And uh, John, you and I have talked about the Cougar Tells in the past. It's a it's somewhere between 15 and 18 inch long maple bar, and it's a morning game. It's 10 a.m. You probably want to get your breakfast on. Uh, that's a fun way to really spike your blood sugar. Uh, I can tell you that much. I have a hard time finishing a whole one myself. I can barely get through half of it. So I would encourage you to give it a shot, but share with a, fi- a friend or two or a family member uh, that you happen to be at the game with. Uh, so I'm anticipating they will hand something out. It is uh, supposed to have, potentially have some rain in the forecast here in Provo, which is uh, kind of atypical of what we've been experiencing the past few weeks. We've actually had really beautiful November weather uh, here in Utah, so it's unfortunate that if that rain does show up. It could mar what would be otherwise fantastic weather for Oklahoma fans coming into, into town. But uh, yeah, so uh, brownies, ice cream, cougar tails. I'm not 100% certain what's being handed out, but something will be handed out by BYU to all Sooner fans. Can, can you talk a little bit about how that even started? Because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a cool phenomenon that's mm-hmm. been taking place for some time now where BYU fans will always present some treat of yeah. some sort to the visiting fan base. That's really cool. Yeah, it's just a hospitality thing. I actually don't know necessarily when it started. I know it's been in the last four or five years, really, is when they really started doing it. Uh, and the whole idea was just to... Uh, essentially a, a goodwill gesture uh, for people traveling uh, to Provo. BYU has an on-campus uh, on uh, dairy that makes all their ice cream, and it's sold right there on campus, and it's sold in multiple outlets around the uh, community as well in the greater Utah Valley area here. So uh, it's just something I think BYU realized, you know what? We can uh, promote goodwill by uh, obviously uh, giving people sugar and making them feel good, but also at the same time, it gives BYU some advertising opportunities with some of the products that their own creamery on campus does make. Yeah, it's such a cool, cool thing. I didn't realize that they had their own creamery on yeah. campus. You have my attention. Well, hey, I, hey. I am attention here. I wish I'd have made the trip. Unfortunately, can't always do the things. So well, let's pick. Yeah, let me just insert one thing on the creamery side of things. I would encourage you to give it a shot because they've got a, a gazillion different type of flavors. They're all, like I said, churned, made on campus. Uh, Kalani Satake has got his own flavor. Uh, Mark Pope, the BYU men's basketball coach, has one. Lavelle Edwards, uh, obviously the late Lavelle Edwards, he has his Lavelle's Vanilla. So th- they've got a lot of really, really popular flavors. You can't go wrong, it feels like, with their creamery ice cream. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for that insight, Oklahoma fans. If you're going to Provo, make sure you hit those up. Let's pick some game. All right, who wants to start? Josh, do you want to start with you? How do you feel like this one's going to go? What's a key to the game for the Oklahoma Sooners? Uh, the key for Oklahoma is hang on to the football. If Oklahoma does that, then 
you know, with, with all respect to our friends from BYU, I just don't think this is going to be particularly close. Now, uh, Oklahoma fans, as we've discussed, and BYU fans know this too, once upon a time uh, maybe wasn't supposed to be all that close either, and it wound up being a big-time shocker. So uh, they play the game to play the game for a reason. But uh, I do feel like this is, even though Oklahoma had lost back-to-back games on the road, I think they, to uh, quote our friends from Austin Powers, got their mojo back versus uh, West Virginia. And uh, I do think that, BYU is not really trending in the right direction the past month for me. So I look for Oklahoma to take care of the football, lean on the run game like others have versus BYU. Maybe not put as many points up, even in a successful offensive day, as uh, some Oklahoma fans would like. But uh, I think when it's all said and done, it's uh, it's a nice. I say you know maybe not put up as much as some would like, but I'm gonna pick uh, I'm gonna pick forty two twenty one. I think it's gonna be a healthy OU win. Well, 4221, I'll just insert my thought right now. That did have BYU covering the spread currently. It's, it's 24 points. It's been fluctuating around then. It's actually one of the biggest uh, home, uh, I guess, dog spreads that BYU's ever had in their football history. And uh, kind of opposite what Josh is saying, for BYU to have any chance, I already kind of gave away my key to the game. You got to force turnovers. Now, you do need to have your rushing attack come alive. They do have two healthy running backs in Aiden Robbins and LJ Martin for BYU offensively. And they actually had their best rushing performance of the season last week against Iowa State. Can that continue? That'd go a long way to helping BYU, but it feels like uh, John, Josh, if BYU wants to win this football game, they got to give their offense multiple short fields, and they got to cash in those turnovers for touchdowns. Field goals will not do it in this game. Uh, I'm, I'm still feeling like Oklahoma's going to win this one pretty handily. I think your, uh, your points uh, there, uh, Josh, kind of 42-21. I had the whole thought like 41-17 for Oklahoma was kind of my thought on this, so I, I, we're in a similar thought process there. Yeah, I feel like the Oklahoma defense has really came to life last week against West Virginia, and you know it was a a good first drive by the Mountaineers, mm-hmm. but then Oklahoma really came to life and shut everything down and allowed the Oklahoma offense to take the game over. It was a really impressive performance as a team unit, and then late in the game they were able to create a couple turnovers. I just think Oklahoma's defense has another really strong performance in this one. I don't know if Oklahoma gets to 40 points in this. I, I think they should, but given that you're looking at a 35% chance of rain, it's going to be early in the day, could possibly be a bit of a sluggish start having to start at 10 a.m. in this kick. So I think it could be a little bit of a slower start maybe for Oklahoma's offense, but I think as the second and quarter and third and fourth quarter go along, they really start to turn things up. I think it's another big day for running back Gavin Sawchuk, who's had 100 yards each of the last two weeks, and the Oklahoma Sooners rushing attack. They continue to find their footing. Give me the Oklahoma Sooners 38, BYU Cougars 13. Okay, so I think we're all in kind of the same, same like, idea of like where the spread kind of sits in terms of the the, the margin of victory here and I, we'll see what happens I, I'm excited uh sooner fans uh I just want to say first off I, I'm here in Utah I grew up in this state hope you have a great trip to Provo obviously we don't know when the Sooners and the Cougars might ever do this again but it should be a fun time all the same and that morning kickoff is going to be an interesting feel for BYU because like I said it's been nearly 20 years 2004 the last time the Cougars played a morning kickoff are you doing radio stuff that day? I, I will be. I I host our uh, pre and post game coverage for my radio station, the KSL Sports Zone here in Salt Lake City. So I will be doing that. But I will also be at Lavelle Edwards Stadium uh, in between. We do our uh, pre and post game coverage from a location just. Uh, 
almost right across the street uh, from campus. So we do that, finish up pregame, wander on over to the stadium, watch the game in person, then wander right back to do postgame. So it's really, really fun. Is that a, is it like a public spot where like a restaurant where people can come and gather and say, hey? This one is not going to be. We typically okay. do. Uh, so we had... <laughs> Without saying too much, we had a sponsor that let's just put it this way had to back out, and we it would have been fantastic because it would we had the perfect spot, and it was going to be sponsored by a, a local eatery and all that type of stuff. Things fell through, uh, so at last this one will not be uh, as public as I would have liked to it have been. Because I would have loved to have been able to uh, kind of commingle and get to know some Sooner fans. All right, well, if you see Jake at the stadium, make sure you go say hi. Tell him he, that you're locked on with yeah. the Locked On Network. Follow Jake on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. Myself at John Nine Williams. Subscribe to Locked On Cougars mm-hmm. and Locked On Sooners wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and that notification button to let you know when new episodes drop. But for Jake, for Josh, for John, the three J's, have a great weekend. Enjoy your college football action.